Hi there and welcome to the 19th workout in the Get Fit by Rowing series. Now we're back to a low intensity workout today and you'll be really pleased to know that we are done with the 30 minutes at 20 strokes per minute rows. You might not be quite pleased to find out that we're actually doing 33 minutes at 20 strokes a minute today. And I'll explain more as to why it's up at 33 later, but for the time being, all I want to say is that this is back to that low intensity, okay? So we're at zone two heart rate between 60 and 70% of your maximum heart rate. This means run about five out of 10 effort from a perceived effort point of view. And if you're looking at a pace thing, 2K pacing, then you're looking at right about 2K plus 18 to 20 for this workout, okay? So it's really just down there as a low intensity. This is one that will grow your bowl of power to give you more fitness, more fuel to be able to uh, do your VO2 max rows and stuff faster when it comes to that kind of a workout, all right? So we have to get into our four minute warm up first before we can get anywhere near our main session, which means having to set up our machine first. Now in the concept two, that means I have to set the drag factor first, which I've already done. If you don't know about drag factor, please just set the lever between four and five, and then check the video I have on here about drag factor. It'll tell you what to do, where to set it, what to do if you've got a dirty machine, all that kind of stuff. If you're in a non-concept two and you're able to adjust the resistance, just set it to a point where you're able to get a nice feel from the stroke, but you don't have to heave against it. Obviously water rower people, unless you start taking out and putting in water, hopefully you've already set your machine to where you want it to be. Next up, go to your monitor and set it to eye height so you don't have to look up and you don't have to look down. And finally, get those foot stretchers set to a position where you're able to come into the front of the machine with your shins pointing vertically, okay? If you're set too high, then it can get a bit tough to get there. If you're set too low, you can go scooting straight past. But posture also comes into play here, but I'll talk about that in the main session because we might as well get into our warm-up, all right? So we do this round about 20 strokes a minute and the power I want you to put in is just as though you were standing up from a squat holding two bags of shopping or like five kilogram dumbbells in each uh, hand, okay? So just enough of a push to get moving, but you're not putting in loads of power, all right? Here we go, in three, two, one, let's begin. So it is relatively gentle just to start, okay? Really all you're working on is getting your body moving and thinking about the timing and your body positions as you go through this stroke. Now because today's workout isn't that tough anyway, then you can spend a lot of time trying to work on your positions and things, but as we're warming up, it makes sense to think about it. So timing just means pushing your feet into the machine at the same time your hands connect the handle to whatever makes your machine go, go. And then body positions for the time being just mean rocking forwards over your hips into a one o'clock position at the front and then rocking back over your hips into a 11 o'clock position at the back. And while you're thinking about that, just increase that push a little bit from your legs to take the intensity up to round about that five out of 10 intensity that we'll be rowing today's main session at. So again, that means round about 2K plus 20 pace. You likely won't be anywhere near 60 to 70% heart rate right now, but just it's enough that your breathing rate starts to go up, your heart rate starting to climb, but doesn't feel like hard work. Feels like work, but not hard work. Like climbing up stairs. You know you're moving, but you don't have to stop. Okay, two more strokes. And I'm gonna put one foot on the ground and continue rowing. Okay, so this helps, especially with that forwards tilt towards the front of the machine, because you've only got one leg in it's easier to get that tilt and shins to vertical at the front. Opens your hips up, gives you a sense of a solid push from the leg that's in. Take one more and we'll swap feet. Don't worry if it takes you longer than it takes me to get in and out of the straps. If you lose five seconds or so, it's not a problem. It's not like we're needing to get up to ramming speed for a tough session today. It's a nice, easy one. 
low intensity fitness builder. Two more strokes here and then we'll put both feet back in and get those legs straight and roll with your back and arms. So that means swinging with your back first from that front to back lean. And as you start that swing and pick up the tension, that's when you pull your arms in, okay? And then out with your arms, then rock over your hips again. Right, arms straight, forwards tilt, roll to the front of the machine and just press out from the front. Try to see how much of a leg drive you can get while still holding that forwards tilt and straight arm. So don't push too hard, just get used to the feeling of holding your arms straight as you push with your legs. So I know there's so many people out there that do a pull first. Don't do that. <laughs> okay. Right, very nice simple warm-up today. So I have a quick drink, keep on just moving up and down the rail and I'll go as fast as I can to describe one more time what it is we're doing today. Right then, so in case you wondered, the only reason I had that split there is just to give me a chance to program this into the monitor, that's all. So what we're doing today is 33 minutes at 20 strokes per minute at a low intensity. Now what do I mean by low intensity? I mean five out of 10 efforts. I mean 2K plus 18 to 20 if you prefer to work around a 2K training pace, or if you're wearing a heart rate monitor, and actually I've got three on today, which I'll explain in a second, uh, then you're between 60 and 70% of your maximum heart rate for this workout, okay? So it's a really simple, easy row. I was about to say gentle, then you see my lips almost saying gentle. It's not gentle, it's just easy. It's low intensity, okay? Designed to build up your fitness, build up the mitochondria in your blood, get you fitter, okay? So this is the point of today's row. So please try uh, and stick between that 16, 70% of heart rate if that's what you're aiming for. Now, because it's 33 minutes and I don't intend to stop, I'm gonna have one last drink before we start. If you suddenly feel you need to stop through this row, then please stop and have a quick uh, swig of something. Hopefully water or electrolytes, not like Jack Daniels. <laughs> That's a different thing, All right? Okay, so you ready for this? 20 strokes a minute, one stroke every three seconds. In three, two, one, let's go. <sighs> Sorry, I don't, sometimes I just suddenly think of something to say in the middle of what I'm talking about, hence the Jack Daniels reference. And then it throws me somewhat there was a thing, I remember, it's one of my friends is a runner and he was telling me about a thing that he did when he was at university called the Chunder Mile. So a mile is 1,609 meters. And what they do is they would down a pint, then they'd run, well, a pint of beer, then they'd run 400 meters. And then at that 400 meters, they down another pint of beer, run another 400, down another pint, and then, how many is that? Well, basically down one every 400 meters and see how they could run a mile. That sounds awful. So I don't recommend doing similar when you're rowing, okay? Stick to water or a sports drink with electrolytes. Not too much sugar in your sports drink. Certainly not beer or Jack Daniels. <sighs> so, you know, I'll get to actual rowing stuff in a minute, okay? But I'm kind of, my brain's got a lot of stuff banging around it right now so I'll give you a chance to settle in think about the technique stuff I mentioned in the warm-up and then I'll just quickly give you a reminder once I'm done talking about something else <laughs> but truth is I never plan what I'm going to talk about when I sit down and row you think I've got I think I keep saying 600 workouts, but I think because things like the 
30 days of 30 minutes rows I repeated as well as the 12 rows of Christmas I don't think I'm quite at 600 but let's say even if there was 500 let's even say 400 let's be really low say I have 400 different workouts up here on the YouTube channel or let's say different videos because there's quite a lot of 30 minute 20 strokes to me, per minute to be fair but 400 row along videos to you, for you to choose from it's a lot to talk through as being that's what I do I talk and so there's no way I could script every single one of them so I tend to just climb on and see where my brain takes me <laughs> and you can tell the days where I don't have that much to talk about because they're the days where I tend to focus really quite heavily on technique but other days I'll just either something will happen it'll be like an episode of Doogie Hauser from the, the 90s or I don't know, insert your favourite sitcom here where something will happen or I'll watch a video listen to a podcast and it'll give me something to think about that'll usually end up filtering into the workout but other times it's just random nonsense that comes from the top of my head so there's a few things to cover today so let's quickly just I'll give you the headlines of technique again so that you can just be on point so as you come in to the front of the machine you only want to roll as far as your shins going vertical okay if you go past that's known as over compression and that can well it can harm the power in your stroke it can kind of leak power it can harm efficiency because everything's suddenly so tight at the front that you wear your muscles out just by being so tight but also uh, injury can kind of creep in there for well for both reasons to be honest that over tightness can cause injury but also the fact that you lose the power engagement that connection between your feet and your hands when you over compress if you are trying to artificially make up for that lost power by swinging your back too soon pulling your arms too soon then that can cause injury too so shins vertical and still at the front arms straight fingers hooked over the handle okay it's not a death grip you're not trying to choke the life out of your handle just hooked that gives you a nice open palm it gives you better airflow when it comes to sweat reduction but also a straight line of power through your shoulders into your fingers to brace 
against the handle as you drive with your legs. Now, I much prefer thumbs under the handle because that then just keeps it all about tendons and ligaments that you're hanging off as you drive. But lots of people row with their thumbs on top of the handle and swear that that is better for them. Although nine times out of 10, what I see for those people is a really early pull. They're kind of yanking on the handle with the thumbs on top. So if you are a thumbs on top style of rower, just have a quick look at your arms and see if your elbows are bending before here. You want straight arms until pretty much the back of the stroke where your legs have been pretty much finished and then you pull in your arms. If you bend your elbows too soon, you're robbing yourself of leg power and inviting potential forearm uh, injuries, which is also why I don't like thumbs on top because that really, I can get a sense that right in the tennis elbow point is gonna get strained if I roll it that for too long. So arm straight, fingers hooked over handle and a forwards tilt over your hips towards the front of the machine. And I say tilt with a proper, if I could put that in bold, I would. Because coming into the front of the machine is not about curling down, okay? Where everything is rounded and low and weak, which I see a lot. Okay, my pace has just plummeted to 217. Then I straighten up. And then two strokes and down to 203 with no perceivable difference in effort. And that crunched up rounded stroke was really weak and uncomfortable compared to this. I mean, I'm not saying I've got the perfect stroke, let's be fair, nowhere near it. But at least I feel connected and as I'm putting in power because I've tilted forwards, hips rocked forwards, then I drive the legs into the machine. Whereas if your hips are rotated backwards the whole time, you can't get that connection through your back. There's just no way. Whereas come forwards, rock in. Now that power travels up through my posterior chain, through my arms, into my fingers, and I can brace against the handle. So arms straight, shins vertical, forwards tilt, and then you want to find, get used to kind of the biting point of your machine. And that feel for the moment when your handle connects to it. So the concept too, that means the chain makes the cog spin and the flywheel kind of catches the air. On a water rower, it means the blades and the water 
start spinning. And what you want to do is at the exact point your hands connect, you push your feet into the machine while holding that forward tilt and straight arms. And that's how the power floods into the machine from your feet and from your feet only. Okay, so push. It's all about feet, legs, legs, legs. And then once your legs are past halfway in the drive, that is when you finally swing your back from that forwards tilt to a backwards tilt. So from one o'clock to 11. And yes, your hips will tilt backwards at that point, obviously, naturally. But the important part is on the recovery to tilt forwards again. But that's a bit later. So you go legs back, legs back. And once your backswing starts, that is when you finally bend your elbows and pull in with your arms. Now your arms are really only about 15 to 20% of the finishing power of the stroke. The rest of the time, they're just a conduit for power. But you still wanna get that 15%. So make sure to finish nice and strong. Elbows go through your sides. You can have a slight outwards flare if you want in order to keep wrists as flat as possible. But what I don't recommend is to go totally chicken wings with your elbows out to the sides. Let your elbows come through a bit, a little bit of an outward flare to keep those wrists flat. And at the back of the stroke, your legs should be down, not locked, but down. And if you want to make sure you're constantly connected to the foot plates, point your toes towards the front of the machine as you finish your stroke. And that will stop you from pulling on the foot straps because you don't want to pull because you can see what happens when I pull. Okay, so finish, pull. Knees are up and my posture totally rounds, tailbone tucked under and I'm leaning backwards as I roll forwards which if you go back to what I was talking about with posture is really weak and compromised so if you can point your toes to the front of the machine that will stop you yanking on the straps I mean there is a whole thing of rowing with your feet out of the straps but which will train you because you can't pull the straps. However, I'm talking about when your feet are strapped in to avoid getting lazy 
and pulling yourself forwards, point your toes towards the front of your machine. And then on the transition from the finish to the recovery, what I want you to do is imagine the handle is coming in and out of a bubble. So comes in and out at the same pace, in, out. But also, even if you finish a little low, as you come forwards, your hands return in height to a good neutral position. So we're not floating it up in the air, but we're also not dropping down. Okay, so not scraping off your knees. You may have been told by someone to scrape the handle down your knees, but that will be because you are likely popping your knees up too soon and then you can't scrape. Oh, lost my stroke there. Once you've got the handle past your knees before they bend, stop scraping the handle. If you're rowing on the water, that has its reasons. But on the erg, keep it in a level plane, backwards and forwards. Because if nothing else, this jerk from down to up not only compromises how you get the power into the machine, it also causes a really early backswing as you lift the handle up again. So finish the bubble, then drifts your hands back up to the right height. Which for me on a concept two, the height I aim for is for the chain to pass in and out just below that screw at the front next to the chain return gap. Okay, so the top one, the chain goes just below that. I try and aim for that as I drive and then as I recover, as I bend my knees, I should be at the right height already. Because as you finish, hands away, forwards rock, hands rock. And that gives you the forwards momentum that you need in order to just bend your knees to return to the front of the machine, ready for the next stroke. Okay? So hands, back, knees. Arms, back, legs. I've lost a second. All that demonstrating, I've lost a second in my stroke. Give me a moment, I'll catch you up. And we're back. And that's it. So it's all about getting into the right positions and then a good rhythm, nice and fluid. I said before, many, many, many times, right back to when I first started making these, that rowing is like Tai Chi or a dance on the machine. It used to be fluid and rhythmic. You're not jerking from stage to stage. You're not holding the handle 
finished against your chest. You're not pausing at the catch at the front. Everything just moves from phase to phase. So you go legs back, arms, arms back, legs. And the drive is the more powerful side of the equation. Drive for one, recover for two. One, two, three. One, two, three. Okay? Right, that was more <laughs> than a headline on technique. That was pretty much pretty comprehensive. And <laughs> there's still stuff I left out. So, I've got three heart rate monitors on today. I've got my my zone, which I can't, I'm not set up to see on screen. I've got my Apple Watch, which is connected to Erg Zone. So I can check my percentage, which is a little high right now. And I've got something new on my right wrist. I'm gonna do a review of this in the coming weeks. But it's a new sports watch. Uh, it's geared more towards your health. So it checks your blood oxygen, heart rate, resting heart rate, heart rate variability and really importantly and something I've not seen on another watch blood pressure so I've tested it a couple of times so far and it seems okay but I want to do a proper comparison for the blood pressure versus a, an actual blood pressure cuff that I've got instead of this wrist-based one. Anyway, that's why I have three heart rate monitors on today. They'll also be interested to see what the readings are between all three. So anyway, look out for that review. Basically, I don't know if there's room in the market for another sports watch. Pretty much Apple, Garmin and Polar have got the market sewn up. But the blood pressure testing on this one at least gives it a reason to be in the market. Okay. So, coming up for seven minutes to go. And you may be wondering why I made today's row 33 minutes non-stop instead of like the 30s we've been doing or two times 15 or three times 11. Well, purely because this is us almost at the end of week five with only one more week to go. And although I've made it abundantly clear through this plan or this series that this is about getting fit not about performance eventually we have to deal with the fact that that base fitness is probably at its kind of peak for how we've been training 
you'll possibly have plateaued at zone two for half an hour. So although when we started these sessions would have been monster good at increasing your fitness, at building up your mitochondria, improving your blood and your ability to keep yourself oxygenated and get the CO2 out, the fitter you get, the more your body will just get used to this kind of a session, get more efficient at it, and the gains that you'll get won't be as large as they were when we started. And for zone two, the real low intensity stuff, you basically have to start increasing the duration you're doing these at. Because you don't want to increase intensity for zone two stuff. You want to increase duration. So basically this one's 33 minutes and then we'll do our hard tempo session and the next one will be 35 and then the very last one will be 40 all geared so that I can pat you on the bottom <laughs> send you on your way and you can start to increase duration of your rows on your own bearing in mind I do have lots of 40, 45, 50 55, 60 sessions up here on the YouTube channel and at first you might want to do four times 15 with one minute rest. That's okay, because it's still pushing you past what we've done so far. So what started off as a get fit by rowing, so building you up from unfit to fit over the course of, well, almost five weeks, is now becoming get fitter and hopefully you'll continue to extend your zone two rows at the same time as focusing this fitness towards something else whether that's just getting a lot fitter for something like a 60 minute time trial or a half marathon or even a marathon or whether it's attacking a 2k PB or a 5k or whatever so this series has been building your foundations to then let you build the rest of your house I've given you the foundation and the framework and now you need to put in the windows and the curtains and the TV and the cat bowls and dog bowls make it your own for what you want to do and again I've got loads of plans and sessions entirely for free that you might want to look at next if you're not bored of me <laughs> but anyway that is why today's row was 33 minutes 
instead of just the normal 30 minute straight rows we've been doing. And then there becomes that thing where you do more sessions. So you can start to work in more zone three, four stuff. So this is based on four sessions a week. But if you up it to five, you can do two low intensity, two three fours, and one zone five workout a week. And that really is the ultimate for designing your fitness. So if you go mid intensity, low intensity, and then high intensity, low intensity, and finish off the week with another zone three, four, mid intensity, that's what I mean by mid intensity, uh, then that's the kind of ideal way, as long as you're paying attention to your body. And that means that those low intensity rows, they have to stay low. The moment you start adding in more zone three, four stuff, it becomes even more important that your zone twos are in zone two. Use them to work on your base fitness, on your technique and all that kind of stuff. So, sorry. That's stuff I should really have said <laughs> within the main workout. But could you believe it? I ran out of time. Even at 33 minutes, I totally ran out of time. Had suppose, had I not spoken for almost 17 minutes about technique, that wouldn't have happened. So yeah, my first thought was to talk about all the stuff first and then talk technique, but then I suddenly thought, ah, I better talk about technique. Then I went on a bit, didn't I? Uh, sorry. So two minute cool down. Do this at pretty much the same intensity you were just rowing at, but the moment you feel like you've got into the swing of it, just ease off the power to let yourself cool down. In three, two, one, go. And that can be after two or three strokes. It can be after 30 seconds, a minute. But make sure by the time you are a minute into this cool down, you start to ease off. And so I was rowing at 2.05 pace for the row just then, for my low intensity. And I'm now down at 2.15. So I'm 10 seconds slower than I was in today's main session. And that's where I'll hold my cool down intensity until the two minutes is up, okay? You're not gonna gain anything from <laughs> a monster two minute <laughs> cool down at like 2K pace. That's not the point. I'll tell you the one thing I keep forgetting to do is I used to do it and I've stopped doing it. And that's doing strapless cool downs. So I spoke about rowing with your feet out of the straps during the main session and kind of breezed past it as I kind of don't do it right now. Well, I've just taken both feet out of the straps and you can see I'm still moving, still rowing, even though I'm not tugging myself forwards to recover. And that's because I have a good, well, or good-ish posture at the back of the stroke, but importantly, my arms away and that forwards rock are the momentum that it needs so that as I get into that forwards rock, all I have to do is bend my knees and I will roll towards the front of the machine effortlessly with no need for foot straps at all. Last stroke. Okay, so I just wanted to kind of seal off that bit of today's row because um, yeah, it's important. So, Ah, oh, I'm gonna do a quick check. Right, there's no way my heart rate is only 49. So this thing's obviously playing catch up. Erg zone is oh, doing its thing where it stops running and the kind of, oh, whatever. Heart rate, smart rate. <laughs> he gets the one week to go in his heart rate training plan and he's like, yeah, whatever, heart rate. So let's get to stretching session. If you don't have time to stretch, please at least at one point stretch your uh, quads, your hamstrings and your glutes. Hopefully the amount of time I've just flannelled for has given you time to find a stretching mat, in which case, Stretching John will take you through how to stretch on that mat. And then I 
we'll take you through how to do stretching if you only have space on your machine, okay? So, put your legs nice and straight. Don't lock them down, but nice and straight. Hands in the air and fold forwards. And you should feel your hamstrings at this point get a really nice stretch. If they don't, then chances are you've not got that fold right or your legs aren't straight or something's weird. So you have another go at it. And as you fold forwards, you can rest your hands on your ankles if you wish, but don't pull yourself forwards, okay? Because you don't want to hyper-stretch and injure yourself. And once you've been in this stretch for like 15, 20 seconds, you can walk your hands forwards or your fingers forwards. Think, walk your fingers forwards? Fingers forward. Oh, whatever. Uh, <laughs> and just increase that stretch a little bit naturally, okay? So this isn't about pulling yourself forwards. It's about just easing yourself in. That's why I walk my fingers forwards. And that just increases the stretch. And sometimes that little increase is actually what your body wants. So, oops, other side. Glutes next, I still can't learn that one. So one leg up on the rail, your other foot comes over so that your heel is against the crook of your knee. Bring that knee across your body so you have a straight line between your face, your knee and your foot. Hold that knee in place and then rotate round uh, so that you're facing perpendicular uh, across the glute you're trying to stretch. So I'm trying to work out how to describe that for the podcast people. Um, and then you should find you get a nice stretch down here in, the, in your glutes. Uh, should like radiate upwards and outwards through your glute. Now I was doing this weirdly, uh, well not weirdly, I was doing this uh, last night. I did the stretch but sitting on the floor and it felt, I don't know whether it's because I, I hadn't just been working out so I was maybe tight anyway um, and so this is why it felt more of a stretch or it's because there's a change in angle between my seat, my backside's a little bit higher than my ankle because I'm sitting on the Concept 2 seat. So um, just keep an eye on that. Maybe do a stretch on the floor, see if it feels any better or worse, you never know. Right, swap legs, do exactly the same thing. And the reason I hold on to the back of the machine is partly stability, so I don't rotate myself right off the machine, but also it kind of does give me an anchor point for as I do that rotation round. It's almost like I'm not really, I'm not pulling and bracing against with, because I've only got like one finger touching the back of the machine. Uh, but it is like it's an anchor point for that rotation round into there. And it really does get it right into that glute from doing that. Oh. So let's move on to quads next. So I rest one finger on the monitor to stop myself falling over. <laughs> Flick my opposite leg up behind me and hold my heel up against um, my backside. Now here's a good time when it comes to posture and things to think about um, what way your hips are tilted. Because if you're kind of falling forwards, then you've probably got that pelvic tilt forwards that's caused by your hip flexors and things pulling you down, which often is um, uh, from sitting at a desk all day long. Then you find a lot, a lot of people have that kind of forward stoop. So it's, it's good to try and think about getting your hips. So if you're like, like that, try and think about basically thrusting your hips forwards. Almost like if you've got a credit card, I know we're supposed to be doing quads, but uh, if you've got a credit card, stick it between your butt, squeeze your butt cheeks together. <laughs> and that's pretty much what you want to be doing with your, <laughs> with your glutes and your, and your pelvic tilt. And then of course, if the credit card falls out and slides between your, your butt cheeks, then that's it, you've swiped some money, you've spent some money, you don't want to do that. <laughs> I'm quite, between the carrot stuck up your butt, for posture, and then a credit card between your butt. I'm a little bit, I don't mean to be this backside focused. I do hope this isn't giving me an explicit, that'd be awful. <laughs> um, but again, like the carrot, I want you to imagine that you're doing that, okay? I don't want you to actually put a credit card in your butt cheeks or a carrot up your butt. Hopefully you all understand that. Hopefully it's like the fact I don't have to, on every single workout, do a disclaimer at the beginning saying, only do this if you're medically uh, sound to row. Hopefully we're all grown-ups and we know this. I do from time to time, and it's on the website, um, which I rowlong.com, go to there. Uh, but I don't put it in every one. So, uh, yeah, I might, it's in all the descriptions, but it's not in, I don't say it on video all the time. Sorry, hip flexors, sorry, I got completely caveated up my, up my own backside then. Uh, hip flexors next, so put one knee on the ground, one foot in front of you, your knee is above that foot for the one that's in front of you, your other ankle is a, uh, behind your knee that's on the ground. Hey, there's a more complicated way to say something that shouldn't have been anywhere near that complicated. 90 degree angles on both legs, uh, tense your glute, uh, tense your stomach muscles, then lean back very slightly. 
and you'll find you'll get a nice stretch into your hip flexors. Now you can, if you want, oh, I'll just hold my t-shirt down, you don't need to see my skin. You can, if you wish, lift that arm up at the same time, and then the other arm, possibly do both at the same time if you want, but you need to focus on this being a hip flexor stretch, okay? And then moving your arms can add in a little bit of a stretch to your abdominals at the same time, if you want. Um, and I saw, now let's get onto the other leg. Right, uh, tense that glute, tense your stomach muscles. Now I've got my foot flat on the ground behind me right now, for the time being. Um, just sometimes it's, that feels better when it's up on my toes for this stretch. Ooh, it gets a bit tougher. So it just depends what you're what you want. But I saw someone else uh, demonstrating. So basically, do that kind of the 1970s workout video twist. We have your interlock your fingers in front of you so your elbows are out side to side, and then just twist your body round, and then into the center and twist your body back round again. And that gives you a nice kind of spinal twist while doing this. But again even demonstrating it to you just, just then, I completely disengaged that stretch into my hip flexors. So remember what you're trying to do. If you're doing this stretch to try and for some reason to stretch your hip flexor, I'll do the abs thing again, then focus on that, okay? Don't add in something that then takes that focus away from what you're trying to stretch, okay? That's really important. <sighs> Compound moves are all very good, but if you end up missing what you're trying to do, it's a waste of time. So, uh, wrists and forearms next, hands in front of your face, push them down in front of you, um, and then keep pushing together and you should get a nice stretch into your wrists and forearms. I mean, I do agree, it does look ridiculous wearing two watches, doesn't it? Having my Apple watch on my left hand and this new um, blood pressure watch on my right one. I look like a right wally. Two watches, John, that'll be my, <laughs> that'll be my nickname. Uh, like I say, I'll do a proper review of this fella once I've had it for a couple of days and I'm, and I'm used to it and I've got, got used to how I have to have it on my wrist for blood pressure things because I've already I've found out if it's not tight enough or if it's, in the, if it's set too far forwards, it doesn't do the blood pressure reading properly. So, Right, uh, shoulders next, hands straight out in front of you, bring it across your body, use your other arm, loop it across and then that can just add in a little bit of a pull of that straight arm against your body, okay? And that'll give you a nice stretch up into your shoulders. Again, if you're on the podcast and you're like, I have no idea what he's just done, I do recommend loading up one of my YouTube videos, uh, skipping towards the end. You'll see the stretching session and you'll see what I'm doing. Or I do have on the website, there's the Stretching John poster, which just has like still images of what I'm doing, which should be enough for you to work it out. But just check out the YouTube thing. I mean, regardless, check out the YouTube thing. Watch the videos. I mean, why not? Why, if you have your phone in front of you, why not see me doing all this stuff instead of... Uh, just listen to me do all this stuff. Unless, of course, you're downloading it beforehand. And, oh, you know what I mean. I know why people listen to the podcast. Because they can't stand the look on my face. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I do. It's like, sometimes I, I get it. You just want to switch off. You need some kind of accompaniment. Even if you're not listening to what I'm saying during the podcast, actually just having this kind of noise going on in your ears while you're rowing is enough just to kind of keep you entertained enough, motivated and whatever to get to the end of a workout. And to be honest, that's fine by me. That's kind of my whole, the whole reason I started doing these online videos, even back when I was under a different name, was really just to make people get through workouts that they otherwise wouldn't have done. Uh, let's do biceps next, so hands straight behind you and then rotate your thumbs outwards. There you go, so you're flying, whee, and that'll stretch the long head of your bicep. But yeah, when I started this, I was just kind of thinking, right, I, I know, because I knew lots of people that would row in gyms and stuff and had no idea what to do, and they're like, oh, I just find it really boring. 10 minutes in, I'm really bored. And so I said, right, okay, I'll, I want to address this. I'll start making my rowing videos. And then, admittedly, the first few I made were probably just as boring as rowing on your own, but over time, hopefully, by talking a bit more and being a little bit more kind of off topic from time to time, not all the time, um, but a little bit more off topic from time to time. Hopefully it makes it so that it's a little bit more enjoyable to listen to me while you're rowing. Let's do triceps next, hand up in the air, then it falls down the back of your spine. Ow, what have I just done? Crow. Um, and then your, your elbow will point up to the sky. Use your other arm to pull on that elbow to help it point to the sky. Sorry, I got completely distracted because something, something kind of went, my shoulder suddenly decided that it wasn't going to move the way it's designed to move. Um, could possibly be, I was doing uh, 
uh, tricep pull downs last night, um, where instead of standing up straight to do the tricep pull down, you have like a kind of a you 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 stand further away from the pull down point. So instead of kind of going pull and pull, you're kind of further away. So you kind of you're you're bent. So you, you kind of you pull and it gets more shoulder action in there as well as the triceps um, swap arms. But as a result, my shoulders are like oh. Do you remember we did something last night? We're a wee bit tender now. Can we no do that again? Um, but then, of course, every part of me says, hey, that felt like it, like it did something, so I want to do that again. <laughs> but importantly, have to wait a day. If you ever do something that kind of makes your muscles go wibbly-wobbly like mine are right now, uh, give it at least a full day recovery before you do the same thing again. Oh, oh what's going on with my hair? Good grief. I'm turning into like a, I don't know, like a teddy boy. I've got like that kind of point that's happening at the front. I don't know what to do. I, any, anyone got any ideas what to do with my hair? I don't like it being super short. I just, uh, I don't know. Anyway, sorry. I don't know what, I mean, you, obviously you don't care about my hair. Uh, I, obviously I don't care about my hair either, to be fair. So, <laughs> Right, okay, there we go. So that was uh, uh, row 19 of the Get Fit by Rowing series. Hopefully uh, it was a good refresher of technique. Hopefully you understood what I was talking about, about the need to now progressively increase these zone twos. Um, that if you're gonna stay within that 60 to 70% zone two rowing, then at this point, now that we've got ourselves fit, I hope, we need to start pushing on duration a little bit in order to get more uh, improvement from it. You can hover around that 30 strokes, sorry, 30 minutes to 20 strokes a minute, but you'll just plateau. You'll never, you'll just kind of stay there. Um, and I don't think you're gonna go backwards, but you'll just kind of stay at that point and it might get less rewarding and you'll see less differences and you'll be like, oh, why am I still doing this? And I get a bit. So if you could start to push yourself in duration a little bit, and like I say, um, you can start to do, to introduce in more zone three, four rows. So remember, it doesn't have to be five sessions a week. You can just do it on five set rotating sessions. So say, over three weeks, maybe you want to, or say over four weeks, you want to do 15 sessions, okay? Most a better way to put it. So instead of it being um, five sessions a week for four weeks, which would be 20, you kind of say, right, I'm gonna fit 15 sessions over those four weeks, but you still go mid, bottom, top, uh, bottom, mid, as you go through them. Then you take a rest day and then go mid, bottom, top, uh, bottom, mid, rest day, okay? Or two rest days or whatever, do you get what I mean? So you just do it, always do it in order. So you start to put in more of that zone three, four, and that's gonna then start to kind of work with that fitness a little bit more. It's gonna push your body a little bit more, and it's gonna allow these zone two rows to, you never really have to, I mean, you, you could go as long as you want in a zone two, but the moment you start to mix up all that other rowing, and as you hit that zone three, four stuff, you'll start to see how your body responds and, and where you can kind of push and pull these zones for you. Because like I said in the last session, I don't know what your body is, okay? This, uh, if I was reading something from someone today who's kind of saying that they were really uncomfortable with the idea of people putting out sessions based on heart rate or based on training pace and stuff, and I entirely agree with them. If you go back to the rant I had in the last row, I entirely agree with the thing that actually a training plan that is like just designed for everybody is just, it's not right, it doesn't work. Um, you can have like a starter, you can push people into the right direction or whatever, um, but eventually, they have to work within their own um, uh, actual abilities. Now, it's a difference between ego, because some people are going to go, hey, I'm faster than this. I'm not going to do the low-intensity stuff low. And that's ego talking. It's not actually your body. So that's the important part, which I think is why a plan then does work, <laughs> is because at least it's there in front of you. If you stick to it, then you know you're at least progressing in the right direction. Whereas if you just start to kind of go, I'm going to do everything at maximum, you're going to run out of steam. So... There's like, a, it's a balance when it comes to these kind of one plan for everybody thing that's out there, okay? Um, I don't quite, hopefully you understand kind of what I mean. I think in my head I kind of do, is that these plans are okay for everybody, but once you get to a certain point, you need to start kind of just fine tuning it for yourself. You'll start to know actually 2K plus 18 to 20 is too hard for me for that zone two rowing. I'm gonna have to back off 
or when it comes to the zone five stuff when i'm saying 2k minus five you're like actually i'm a lot more powerful than that i'm going to do it 2k minus 15 okay so you start to know so i give you the parameters of the workout but you've started to discover your own body and what you're good at and so you can tailor the pacing that i'm giving to you for you while always bearing in mind low, mo low motivation low intensity um tempo mid intensity and max intensity being the the real three they never change it's just how your body changes how what your body needs to do all right <gasps> i hope i can explain that i explain that properly so i'll shut up now because this has been a long intro outro oh god i can't even speak now long outro so um uh, yeah, thank you so much for doing this one. Make sure and leave me a comment for how you got along. Remember, use the hashtag GetFitWithRowAlong um, because, hey, why not? Um, and I will go, oh, it's very nice. And I'll, if, as long as I've, I've got a chance, I'll reply. Just busy times right now. That's why I'm not replying to all the YouTube comments. Um, but yeah, I hope you enjoyed this one. The next session is back to that tempo mid-intensity. Okay, so that's the between 70 and 90% max heart rate. It's quite a large range, but uh, we'll, we'll sit in there somewhere. All right, so I'll hopefully see you in that one or one of my many other videos here on YouTube or the podcasts on Podcast World. Until then, or until something, <laughs> please row well, take care, be well, bye-bye.